0: The N-word is a historically and racially charged word. In this episode of The Uncomfortable Truth, we're going to explore its historical context, why and how it is used today, and finally, who can use it. As a warning to our listeners, and this should be obvious, the N-word will be used quite a bit in historical context or when quoting someone else. This is definitely going to charge some people up, and we know that, but stay with us. We hope this conversation will be helpful. This is Loki Mulholland, and it's time to get uncomfortable. Well, today we're we're joined by our usual contributor to the show, freedom rider and civil rights activist, Levon Brown. Levon, how are you doing?
1: Hello, Loki. How are you?
0: Doing good. Doing good. So, uh, the N word.
1: Well, you know, I, I I think it's 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 uh, historical, and I think it's generational. Um. I, I for one, don't allow the word in my house. But I talk to my nephews and, and whatever who are younger, and they think they're saying something different than when they say "nigger" n-i-g-g-a-h, and "nigger" n-i-g-g-e-r. To me, they sound the same. Uh, um, and so I, my my relationship to the word, well, however one spells it, is it, as, as as it has a a negative connotation, Mm -hmm. and generally is the word you hear to put uh, people of color down, uh, particularly African-Americans. So I'm opposed uh, to the word no matter how it's spelled. A lot of people use it, a lot of comedians, a lot of singers, uh, but uh, I go back to how the word was originally used, Uh, which is to say you're less than. I personally am opposed to it. And interestingly enough, I'm opposed to saying the N-word only because it allows one to say nigger without saying it. Mm. Um, And I think the more you, I think it's just a way to hide saying the word. You know, that's just me.
0: But I mean, you're not going to get people walking around going, well, he's an N-word. I mean, using the word N-word.
1: No, you don't.
0: It, but, but if you're going to say, if but if you're going to go, well, why was this offensive? You know, like, let's, let's say you're in some working situation and, well, what happened? Well, he called me the N-word. I mean, that's just a way of saying it without having to actually say it. It's like saying, well, he he dropped an F-bomb.
1: Right, exactly.
0: And are we diminishing it when we... You know, I'm just thinking from a work environment or whatever, or school environment. Well, what happened? Well, he used the N-word. Well, by saying that, did you automatically diminish it, its impact when you're reciting what he said or she said? So, well, why don't you just quote them and say, well, look, they said this. Right. And it's like, oh, oh my gosh. Okay. Now, all of a sudden, I mean, because it's a word that hopefully, I mean, for most people uh, is, is a corrosive and grating word.
1: Well... I, you know, it, it, it's 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 a funny word because black people feel they have a right to use it, nigger, with the ah, right? He's my nigger. He's my, you know, uh, where you going, nigger? It's, it's like it becomes a matter of speech. The problem is they're using a very negative term to define the person. And secondly, you take something away from it when you tell, well, the white person can't use it. All right. I I I'll go along with that. The problem with that I have with that is it is used in music, it is used in song, it is used everywhere. So how can you say that somebody can't? Right now, other groups do that. They do that. They use negative terms to define themselves, but only
0: among themselves. We're going to jump into that. So yeah, I want to go down this little little bit of history road here, but I don't want to dive into the etymology of the word and such, but. Um, this, this historical usage. So there was this article by um, Brandon Simeo Starkey. He wrote a very moving piece in 2017 about the N-word on undefeated.com. And it was titled, If You Truly Knew What the N-Word Meant to Our Ancestors, You Would Never Use It. Mm. And he writes that it is a reflection of internalized oppression. Reading back through interviews of former enslaved people that were, con- these were interviews that were conducted by the Federal Writers Project of the WPA in the 1930s, he found story after story of this. He wrote, quote, The internalized oppression revealed itself in various ways. Sometimes the former enslaved people clearly, perhaps subconsciously, considered themselves subhuman, just like how their former owners regarded them. Jim Allen, for example, dubbed himself his master's pet nigger boy and a stray and thought himself privileged because he could sleep on the floor beside his master's bed. That he likened himself to a fortunate mangy mutt or frisky feline crushed me. The word laid bare a worldview that held black folk as a lower order of being, as when Irene Robertson claimed her former master, Mr. Sanders, was mean, in part because he beat his wife like he beat a nigger woman. He wrote that the word, quote, signaled... Antipathy towards fellow black folk, he continues. Quote, it exists within black speech now because it existed within black speech then. The uncomfortable truth must be confronted. Absent the internalized oppression of those who called white men and women their masters, nigger would probably not be a part of black folk's lexicon. Mm. Internalized oppression. That's an interesting... uh, Yeah, I like
1: that. I like that. Because that is what, when I was a kid, we used the word a lot, but we never used it to mean anything good. Mm-hmm. Um, when we were taught, when we call somebody a nigga, we meant it in the negative sense of the word. Now, we would use it, but that's how we would use it. It, it never meant good. And it has never in the history of this country meant good. hmm so I like that's why I like internal oppression because I think that's what it is. We one of the reasons that we use that word a lot now uh, with the AH is because presumably you've taken ownership of the word mm-hmm. and 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 taken the sting out of being called that. Right. Uh, so now and that is internal oppression.
0: But it's taken away the history of it as well.
1: Yes. And it is no reason. There's never it is one of those words, there's never a reason to use it.
0: Now, in the there's a film about your friend Jimmy. Yeah. James Baldwin called right. I Am Not Your Negro. Right. That's not what he said.
1: Right. I, right. He said I'm not your nigga. Right. Right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Interesting that they would change the title.
1: Well, right. because right, to sell the book, right,
0: but so what was what was Baldwin's getting at by saying that
1: that you don't own me, that nobody does, mm-hmm. and I am not you cannot uh, speak of me if you speak of me in good terms, you cannot use that word in any context. That is bad. And that's what he meant. That's what he was talking about. How can you say nigger and, and mean anything? It never meant anything good. The fact that you now have taken possession of the word, Richard Pryor, of all people, right? When he went to Africa and came back, he said, I can't use that word. Mm. And all the comedians used that word. And he came back and said, I made a mistake. Wow. I can't use that word. The Muslims, the black Muslims, I don't, they're not my people, but uh, they never use the word nigger. There's never a reason to use it, except for this term, what is it? Internal racism or internal...
0: Internalized oppression.
1: That's that's the only reason to use it. Internal. That's the
0: only reason. It never means good. In my other life, I'm a filmmaker, and one of my more fascinating films I created is the award-winning film titled Black, White, and Us. It's about viewing racism through the lens of transracial adoptions in Utah. Utah? Yeah, Utah. It just so happens to be the transracial adoption capital of the world. So what happens when white families who didn't believe racism existed anymore adopts a black child? Find it on Amazon Prime or visit LokiMulholland.com to purchase a copy for your collection. So there, there, was a, there was a bit uh, from Dave Chappelle uh, that circulates on the internet. It relates to a story when a network executive said he couldn't use a homophobic slur, and he questioned her on it and asked, why, why can I use the N-word with impunity, but this slur used with the LGBTQ community, but I can't use mm. And the response was, because David, you're not gay. To which he said, well, Renee, I'm not a nigger either.
1: Wow. I didn't hear that.
0: Yeah, but but again, you know, it comes back just like with with James Baldwin. Here, here it is. So here is this executive. I'm, I'm going to assume they're white. Uh, this white woman who is saying, you know, hey, well, wait, wait, wait a second, you can't use this word. You can't use the word faggot because you're not gay. Right. Right. It's like, well, guess what? I'm not a nigger either. Right. However, she thinks it's okay for him to use that because how does she see him?
1: Right. Oh. Yeah. You know, not necessarily
0: yeah. consciously.
1: No, I understand. Right. Well, or or you have been given permission to use that word. Right. In other words, the other uh, members of your community said it's okay to use that, and as white people, we're not offended by it. It's an offensive term, uh, but we we, we you, you can use it because that's how I think of it. Uh, as other black people using it, so it's okay for you to use it. Now, if you were gay, you could say faggot.
0: Right. So Charles Pearson, um, he was a fellow freedom writer. Right. I asked him once, what did the N-word mean to him? And he said, they used to hang N-words. That's what it means to me. Right. So what does it mean to you?
1: Uh, About the same. Because to me, anytime I heard that word, it meant that something was about to happen. Mm. Uh, And if a white person said it, it meant I could get killed. I could get hanged. But I have I have just stepped out of my place in society. Right. I am less than, and I'm acting like more than. So I'm going to put you in your place by calling you this. Mm. Right? That's what it meant. And so it still does. It still means that.
0: There's, there's still a trigger for you. Oh, it is.
1: It is. Uh, and... I. I don't allow it because of what it does to me. Now, uh, people can say, well, it doesn't mean that. Of course it does. It's pronounced the same way. It's the same word. And you don't mean, I don't know if, let me back up. I don't see how you could mean anything positive by it. Because to me, it's, 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 it's a dangerous word. It's a hurtful word. And we have all kinds of words to use instead of that. So why do you choose that one?
0: Right.
1: And black people choose it because uh, in some cases, it's just uh, they have inter- they have internalized the oppression historically and now. And using the word does not change the meaning. It, it, it still means the same thing. And your use of the word does not make you better than. But that's what you're saying without meaning to that's what the word always meant I'm better than you how wh- here's the term my nigger,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right I you know you you are right with me because you're my nigger.
0: right
1: uh what did you just say you own me you know it it's I don't it's very difficult to explain to people particularly young people and my thing on it is if I can say it you can say it And you don't know, I don't know, when you mean it and when you don't. You know, in other words, when you're putting me down and when you're not. Right. I don't know that about a black person either. I've just said they're going to use it so it's okay. Italians use guinea, wap. They use that. They say that to each other.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: We're not allowed to say it. But you don't see it in poetry. You don't hear it in the music. You don't hear it on radio. You hear it in verbal speech.
0: Well, it's interesting, you know, when you talk about music and, and video and so forth, th- these are products that are sold and the and the, the main audience are, are white kids.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right.
0: Now, the N-word is, is something every African-American at some point in their life is going to be called. It's usually when they're young and don't understand the word and then that child is sat down and their parents have to explain it to them.
1: Right, exactly. Yeah.
0: I mean, it's a crushing experience because while the parent went through it and knows the pain, they hope their child never has to do it. Right. Then it happens. Right? Do you remember the first time you were called the N-word? That I was? Yeah. Wow.
1: No, I don't. Mm. Interesting. Look, actually, the first thing I remember, it was a black guy that used the word. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I was young, when I was little, like seven, eight years old, when I used to go to my grandmother's, used to hear it all the time
0: mm-hmm.
1: from black and white because black people put put themselves below white people, right? Right. So I it was not unusual to hear, I'm just a nigga.
0: Right.
1: Or I'm, I'm you know, I'm Mr. Charlie's nigga. Uh, it was not unusual to hear that.
0: This is not slave days. This, this We're no. talking the 1950s and 60s. Oh, yeah. oh. And they're saying, well, I'm Mr. Charlie's nigger.
1: Right. Oh, yeah. I, I wouldn't doubt. They used to, i I tell you when I also heard it, was in jail, when we were in jails during the Freedom Rides, when they put us in jail. Right. That's what the trustees were. When I was on the county farm, the guy, the guy wasn't, that's what he was. He was a nigger.
0: Hmm.
1: Not everybody, but he was. And he referred to himself that way. That was painful. I didn't, because I had a whole bunch of people telling me not, not to do that. Right. But w- w- growing up, I used it. I heard it, and it never meant anything good about me.
0: Now, if you used it, you were using it against someone else in a negative sense, then. In a negative sense. All right. Do you remember the first time it happened with your daughter?
1: Yes vividly okay she was maybe five years old mm-hmm. four or five five years old maybe and we were in uh new mexico mm. and we were staying at this place the bishop's lodge and we came back there was they had a children's program there mm-hmm. and uh, my wife and i went off for the day we put our children put our daughter in the children's program and uh, when we came back, the, go- the girl who was in charge of the children's program called us over and said, this little boy, she pointed out the little boy, refer to your daughter as nigger. Mm. Now, my daughter didn't understand what that was. Right. That's the first time she had heard it. So my wife was very upset by it. Uh, and I said, because I'm, I'm wise, mm-hmm. <laughs> let's just hold up a minute. And see what the parents do, because the parents may come over and apologize for that, for that little boy saying that. Because he's young, he's maybe seven, so where did he get it from? Well, the parents never came over to apologize. And I said to my wife, "Now I know where he got it." Did they know that he said it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They, they, okay. It was reported out. It was okay, reported okay. out to us and to them that your son just called call this old girl a nigger,
0: mm-hmm.
1: referred to her as a nigger. And I expected the parents, I knew that the parents would come over and say, uh, we're sorry about this, we don't know where he got this, or whatever. And I was perfectly willing to accept that, Yeah, that the kid must must have gotten it from somewhere else. They never came over. The next day, uh, the woman who ran the place, uh, Mrs. Thorpe, threw them out. And she came to us, and she apologized, and she said, "There's no place for people like that here," and that that was the first time that my daughter was referred to that way. And I, you know, I explained to my daughter what had happened, but I mean, like, like I said, it was all new to her. But that was the first time.
0: After that,
1: did was there a change for my daughter? Um, not then, uh, but later on, there was because I had to explain to her or at least I felt I had to explain to her what that meant and that she might hear it again. right? And that it might come from the schools she go to or uh, you know, the police might pull her over, but she would hear the word again. Well, she might hear it again, but as she grew older, I shut her down and I explained to her what that, where that came from. So in my house or in my daughter, you will never hear that word.
0: But now, I mean, <sighs> I'm just trying to understand this a little bit, but the uh, did you did you ever have to constantly sit there and think? Okay, at some point I'm gonna to have to explain this to my daughter.
1: Uh, no, it's not. No, it, to me it was. here's a kid that needs to know this,
0: right? But I mean, living in the world that we live in, right? No, know, knowing that at some point this is gonna happen. Right, you hope it doesn't happen, but you know it's going to. Right, w- wouldn't you preemptively prepare your child for something like this? I did.
1: I talked to her about. It.
0: Well, you said you talked to her after the fact.
1: Not then. Not not when she was. No child is going to understand uh, at five years old all that can happen to them. When my child was like twelve or thirteen, we went south. I took my daughter where I grew up. uh Oh. And I explained to her, neighborhoods, mm-hmm. I explained to her what the pool was, I explained why we couldn't use it. Uh, I explained to her that what was different, because some things were, but I ex- she understood that. And I made sure she understood. Now, it was her choice, because she was a mixed race child. Mm-hmm. It's her choice when she gets older, to pick which way she wants to go in the world. I and mean, not by color, but by identity. But be prepared for anybody in this country who does not look like a white person is a black person. Right. And you can should have friends of all colors. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in the largest society, you are black and you may be called a nigger. What does that mean? So I explained to her and I explained to her also why I didn't like it, whether it was A-H or E-R, I didn't care. So my daughter, to this day, she's conscious of it, but she doesn't walk around thinking about it. Uh, and But she does know that the police might treat her differently. And she now hears all the stories about what has happened to black men. So she understands, it's not news to her. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we used to, when she would come home from school, when she was young and talk about color, At her age, like she was five or six years old, we would talk to her that people could be different, but be okay.
0: My work has taken me to a lot of places and I've been fortunate to meet some incredible people. But when I came to Selma and met Joanne Blackman Bland, I knew I was in the presence of greatness. Joanne was 11 years old when she was attacked on the Edmund Pettus Bridge on Bloody Sunday in 1965. She wasn't old enough to vote, but understood its importance enough to be there. After Selma is an in-depth look at how our right to vote has eroded since the signing of the 1965 Voting Rights Act. The fight for the right to vote continues. Get informed. You can find After Selma on Amazon Prime or visit Lokimalholland.com to purchase a copy for your collection. White parents don't typically teach their children this word. They don't. We don't sit them down and, and explain that you don't say this. I mean, I obviously can't even recall ever even telling my kids not to use it. It's just assumed. Of course, because the word doesn't impact us, we're not thinking about how that word can impact others. And so it rarely, if ever, even crosses our mind. I actually um, asked my mother if she ever talked to us about it, and she said she didn't. She also didn't talk to us about cursing, is what she said. Right. But we very quickly understood those words weren't going to be used in her house. And we'd be reprimanded for it. And in fact, she said there was a there was a, a time there was so I'm an I'm an identical twin, and there was this uh, set of another set of twins, these black kids who moved in somewhere in the neighborhood, um, and they came over to play. So two sets of twins together isn't that nice? And we had some other friends there and stuff, and we're all climbing around the bunk beds and and stuff, and and then one of the brothers, uh, the black kids, called his his brother the N word. Right. And everyone went silent. Right. Because I knew it was coming next, and it was my mother. Because you know, moms—they can hear anything anywhere. Yes, that's um, true. <laughs> she came right up the stairs, and she told the boys that they don't—that we don't use that word in our house, and if they were going to use it, that they couldn't play here anymore. That this—that this, that, uh, this was—and she said this was true for any derogatory term.
1: Right, but here's the difference. Mm-hmm. So those parents that I just told you about, New Mexico, right. So they might have said to their kid, we don't use that word. But are they explaining it from the point of view of it's wrong or we just don't use it?
0: Or we just got caught.
1: Right there, exactly. There's a difference. And many parents who are white, once they've heard their child use it, uh, they will still think of me as less than, you're just not supposed to say that. Other parents will say, we don't use derogatory terms about anybody.
0: We're not going to tell you what those terms are, but we're just not going to use them. So figure it out for yourself.
1: We don't use them. So if, if I hear you say nigger, I'm going to tell you that's a derogatory term. You don't use that. Right. Uh, so there's a difference in how white parents talk to their kids about
0: it. I mean, I asked, uh, I asked my mother if the N-word was ever used at home when she was growing up, you know, and she said, well, yeah, her mother used it quite frequently. You know, and, and we can quickly you know, assess, and obviously, my, my grandmother was a segregationist and so forth. So, okay, well, that makes sense, right? Right. She doesn't ever recall, and she, doesn't, she doesn't ever actually recall her mother calling the gardener or the cleaners, you know, you know, the help, right? Right, right. The N-word. But she said that Paul, who was the gardener, who was way older than my mother, was, all, was referred to as boy. Oh, yeah. But never directly to him. Right. And she never addressed him by his last name. right And in such my mom to this day can't tell you the last names of any of anyone of color who worked for them. Right has no idea what their names are except for
1: I can understand that because growing up that's what happened in our neighborhood. you know most people did not have a last name. Now when you got old enough, uh, you, you might stop being boy. But you became uncle, right? So when auntie you were her. when you were, yeah, or auntie, that that was what you were called. You didn't have a name, yeah. so they didn't say nigger, but that's it meant the same thing,
0: right? Now my mother, she said she didn't know the n word was a bad word until she was thirteen,
1: really, uh, because she heard it all the time.
0: Because because it was, she said it was as common as dirt. She said she uh, she recounted a story that one night you know, dog was barking, and someone on the porch said to someone else, "What's your dog barking for?" And the reply was very nonchalant. Oh, was this probably some nigger walking by? Yeah, Right. yeah. Um, It's amazing to think how how the word could become such an everyday part of one's vocabulary that they don't even think about it. So when I was a kid, we played a game where we would knock on someone's door and then run away. Right, right. Now, we had a term for that and it was nigger knocking. Right. I didn't think twice about that for years. Of course not, because that's just what I was told it was called, and I never associated that word with anything else. Right, right. right? In the more complex meanings until much later in life. So I, I actually I was talking to a friend of mine, who was an educator here in Utah, and, and he said, "Well, here they call it something like doorbell ditching." Right. So I guess you know right. this, you know, alliter- you know alliteration, right? Right. Um, now, being in the South. My term would almost seem expected of white people to use that. But this guy, he grew up in rural Idaho. And he said they used the same term that we used. Right. Right? Right. But he he never even met a black person until he was in high school. Right. And yet, even though there was no black people there, they still had this term. I mean that's how it got spread amongst white communities. I mean it's amazing to think about just 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 how common that term is to be used amongst whites.
1: Well, it was. Think a minute that during the time, historically, during the time of slavery, and even just after slavery, there were black people every all over the place. Right. They were predominantly used in you know places where they grew cotton or or farms. Of, sure. But niggers were everywhere. So the term was as common as, as dirt. Uh, so I would imagine that in Idaho, which is like full of uh, right wing people, by the way.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yeah.
1: Uh, it would be a big term out
0: there. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's, it's you know, so in the award winning film, An Ordinary Hero, it's interesting, you know, my mother uses the term nigger town. Right. And, and she uses that because she says that on a dare, they went to nigger town. Yeah. That's what it was called. Yeah. In Oconee, Georgia.
1: Yeah.
0: And oftentimes when I'm watching the film with others, black members of the audience seemingly take it in stride. Yes. It's the white audience that squirms.
1: Right, yeah.
0: Am I going to be in trouble? Exactly. Because suddenly this is being used, and I'm in an audience that I'm not comfortable hearing this in because... Right. So when, I remember when we released the film on PBS here in Utah, they had an issue with the usage of the N-word.
1: yeah. Right.
0: You know, so they formed a multicultural committee to review the film, and when they all sat down, I know uh, Janet Williams from the NAACP here in Utah was one of them uh, in this committee. And when we all sat down. They said, "Well, you can't take that out. But sanitize the whole meaning of what was said." Right. Right. Yeah. And so they actually ended up bleeping the word "pissed off." So when you said, "Suppose I suddenly pissed off this white woman, they had all kinds of ways to do me in, and there's nothing I could do about it." So they were hung up on the N word. So because they had the, you know, it was advised to keep that in, they had to find something to take out. So right,
1: took out uh, pissed <laughs> off.
0: Yeah. Now, th- now, this was this is an overreaction of sorts to me. Right. Not just right. the pissed off, but deleting the N word. But I'm glad they they thought enough to actually examine if the word should be bleeped. But at the same time, they didn't consider the context.
1: The the uh, you know a lot of people have. Uh, lost their job, not a lot, but a, a significant number of people have lost their job when trying to, uh, when using the word nigger. Mm-hmm. And that, I think that's, the academia is the first place that I think that N-word was used Right. because it was a way to discuss uh, being called a nigger without saying nigger. So you said the mm-hmm. N-word. Uh, and I think it was an academia where they got started. I, I could be wrong because I don't think people on the street are going to think of it one way or another. Uh, but I think that's where that got started. It would allow the people in academia to discuss it, so white people especially. See, right. they don't know what to do with the fact that if I, as a black person, use the word nigger,
0: mm-hmm.
1: when all the comedians broke loose on the uh, the stage with this this word, people didn't know what to do with it. It gave permission to hear it and to laugh at it, but not to use it. If I can say nigger, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: uh, what a n-word, I don't care how I say it, and you can't, in mixed company, something's wrong.
0: An Ordinary Hero was my first award-winning documentary. It's about the life of my mother, Joan Trumpauer Mulholland, and her participation in the civil rights movement. For most of us, our mothers are heroes because they're mothers, and mom is just mom. But when your mother's a civil rights icon, and yet you never really knew it. Things change. Go check out An Ordinary Hero and find out how choosing to do what was right instead of what was easy helped change the world. You can find it on Amazon Prime or visit LokiMallholland.com to purchase a copy for your collection. Well, there's this idea that by using the word, you know, you're taking ownership, you're taking the ownership Right, and th- thus, thus, you know, you're 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 giving it your own meaning and so forth, and so now you're neutralizing it. But I, I mean, it's not my place to say that you know I'm offended by that or anything. I'm not offended by it. I, I I don't quite get the logic of it because while you can say you can own it, suddenly if a white person uses it, you know, and you want to neutralize the meaning and so forth, but then when a white person uses it, whoa, wait a second, it still has meaning.
1: Right. If that's the case, then no one uses it either. That. Or use it among yourselves. Don't don't let me hear it. Don't let you hear it. Let we're on the street or or we're in a group of all black men. Yeah, fine. Knock yourself out. Right. But don't get up and tell jokes with that.
0: Yeah. Well, so well, you yeah, well in my film Black, White, and Us, right? So Jeffrey Mann, who's um, this uh, young black guy, you know, in college, he says that he hears the the N word used a lot amongst white kids. Um, all the time, but when he confronts them about it again, they're always like, "Well, no, it's the soft a, right? Or ah?" And so right. it, it, that's that's different, right? Right. So a friend of mine in, in Virginia, he's a an educator, he's African American, lives in Richmond. He told me that the N word has different meanings depending on when it's being used and by whom. Growing up, he heard his father and uncles use it when they got together, but he was told to never say the word around white folks because in the, because then they think they'll be able to use it.
1: Right, okay.
0: He said he he might use it at a barbershop, but he's never going to use it at work. Right. He said, once you give them, white people, once you give them the idea that they can use it, they're going to use it. Of course. So you had a situation where Jesse Jackson was one of the people who called for a moratorium on the use of the word, but then he was caught using the word with a live microphone during a private whispered conversation. Right. And it's like, wait a second. You know, and that's how white people are looking at it. Going, wait a second, you just said let's not use it, and then you used it. Now, that private conversation was probably with, you know, another African American.
1: Ha- well, I'm sure it was.
0: But is it okay? So, if we're talking about who can use it, is it okay when using it in an academic context like we're doing here or a documentary?
1: I think you have to.
0: Or is it really based on how you use it, or who who or who is saying it?
1: Well, two things. I think it's. I think it's. It has to be discussed. And, and it has to be given the power that it has. And you can only do that by discussing what it is. Mm-hmm. So I think it's fine for people to do that, to discuss that it's a part of history. It's what we were called. So I think it's fine for academia or people to discuss that and what it means. Right. I think that's fine. I think if you feel that you have a need for this word, then talk. do it among your friends. But as soon as you start putting it in the music or in the song or in the comedic acts or any of that, I've given you permission to use the word.
0: Is there some ironic sort of way that it, that perhaps when white people use it, reciting lyrics or whatever else, it's a way of showing that you're not racist because you're not using it in a racist way. So, Hey, look, you know, I'm, you know, it's okay.
1: I think that's part of it. I mean, I think when you're young, you get away with using words that are taboo. And that's just another word that is. Yeah. Uh, and I think that and kids of, of whether they're black, white or whatever, are going to do that because they they've heard it.
0: But of course, when you tell a white person you can't use it, they, you know, they start losing their minds, right? Of course they do. And the arguments ensue, you know, well, why is it okay for you? What if there's something else subconsciously going on, perhaps? Create that argument as a way of, of, of asserting dominance, right?
1: Well, the problem is you can't, the problem is you don't know the difference. Right. In other words, if I'm not talking directly to the person, I don't know whether they mean nigger in the sense of I got control over you, or nigga, we're in this together.
0: But what I'm saying, well what I'm saying is, is that if if a white person so a black person says to the white person, you can't use this word. Right. Right. And so the white person asserts their dominance by saying, Who are you to tell me that I can't use this word? You use it. If I can't use it, then you can't use it. So it's an interesting, interesting play, particularly with a word that is about subjugating people, and less than.
1: If we change one word in that, it's okay. I can't use it, and you shouldn't use it, as opposed
0: to you can't use it. So there was this professor, Neil A. Lester, who was with the uh, Arizona State University. In 2011, he did this interview with uh, Teaching Tolerance. Um, he taught two courses on just this word. okay. He sees the word as, quote, laden with complicated and contradictory emotional responses to it. African-Americans can use the word in intimate conversations and seemingly own it and contain it. But once it's out there, it takes on a life of its own.
1: Right.
0: So Professor Lester notes that white kids are the biggest consumers of rap music, which contains the N-word. So they become very comfortable using it amongst their white friends and even their black friends who confess that they don't want to hear it from their white friends. Right. Right. This, of course, creates conflict, he says. Uh, quote, "We also cannot pretend that there is not a double standard. That blacks can say it without much social consequence, but whites cannot. There's a double standard about a lot of stuff. There are certain things that I would never say. And my relationship with my wife, who is not African American, I would never imagine her using that word no matter how angry she was with me." Right. I mean your wife is white.
1: Right.
0: Or as you phrase it Italian. Um <laughs> my wife,
1: my wife is white. She's also Italian.
0: She's also Italian. <laughs> I mean, she would never call you that.
1: No, she wouldn't. No. But not because, it's interesting though, but it's not because I've stopped her. She just wouldn't use the word.
0: So ta Coates, in 2017, he explained the N-word at a discussion hosted at the Evison Township uh, High School in Illinois. He noted that it's normal in our culture for different groups to use words that others can't. He can call his wife Honey, but it wouldn't be acceptable to call a strange woman that. Right. His father was known as Billy back home, but Coates said it would be awkward for him to call his father by his nickname. Right. Right. And he continues, my wife with her girlfriend will use the word bitch. I do not join in. Right. You know what I'm saying? I don't do that. I don't do that. And perhaps more importantly, I don't have a desire to do it.
1: Right. Uh.
0: In a bit of irony... White people created the N-word, but can't use it. And according to Coates, that rattles a lot of white people. Going back to the example of his wife and her girlfriends calling each other the B-word, he would never assume that he can enter that domain. But for some reason, whites feel that they are entitled to enter African-Americans' domain when it comes to the N-word. He adds, quote, When you're white in this country, you're taught that everything belongs to you. You think you have a right to everything. You're conditioned this way. It's not because your hair is a texture or your skin is light. It's the fact that the laws and the culture tell you this. You have a right to go where you want to go, do what you want to do, be however. And people just got to accommodate themselves to you. And So now, here's this word that's been taken from us, meaning whites. Right. Well,
1: the problem is, I, I don't know. I mean, I understand what he's saying. Yeah. And, but not. I, I can't go quite as far as, as he's going because what is it that gave... Us as black people, the right to use the word nigger. Right. Uh, who said that nigger was the right word to use? Who said that? So white people didn't say that. They meant exactly what they meant when they said my nigger. Right. Now you've made the word cool, my nigger.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's cool now. You can say that. And you don't go around calling white people rednecks. Pecker Woods, my Cracker, you don't say that, right? Why not? And white people don't say it to each other either. No, of course not. No group does that. So, I don't care. I mean, the fact that we've taken a word from white society, and that's our own word, the word we chose was actually the word that put us down. Mm. And that's, that's why I, you know, so, I don't care Uh, that uh, a white person uses it. I care that they understand why
0: it's being used. Right. And so Professor Lester actually says that uh, in his interview with Teaching Tolerance, that teachers can address it with students by talking about language, about, quote, words and emotions, about words and pain. Consider the role of words in the brutal attack on black people during slavery, during Jim Crow, during the civil rights movement. Consider how words were part of the attack on black people. Right. Just as Charles Pearson said, they lynched in words.
1: Yeah. I don't care that the white people want to use that word. Uh, I care that the word is for part of the English language still.
0: Mm.
1: I care that they are are nigger towns. I care. I don't want the word used at all because Pearson is right. That's why they used it, because they were getting ready to hurt somebody. So now we're going to internalize this hurt by calling each other nigger. I feel the same way about the word I do about the statues, okay? Right. I don't care if you feel that Robert E. Lee was a good general, was, all, was a good person, was all this stuff. That's your history. I don't care. I care that you know that Robert E. Lee also owned slaves. I care that you know that he also killed people. I care that you know who he was. So I, you leave the statue there, put a sign up that says, and he did this. So that's your history. That's also mine. You can not own that.
0: Yeah, so if you're going to use the N-word, I want you to understand what it means. Exactly. Then you at least have a choice. You, now, now you have a, you know, a, a choice based on knowledge. Exactly. Want a great way to help a worthy organization and educate children about the civil rights movement? Visit our foundation the Joan Trumphower Mulholland Foundation at the jtmfoundation.org That's the jtmfoundation.org We are a 501c3 established to help end racism through education. A $5 monthly recurring donation will provide curriculum for 30 students. As my mother used to say, I can't do everything, but I can do something because doing nothing is not an option. If you have wanted to help in this cause, but didn't know how? Now you can. The Joan Trump Power Mulholland Foundation at the jtmfoundation.org. So, so Coates, he, he concluded with, it, he said, quote, the experience of being a hip hop fan and not being able to use the word is actually very, very insightful. It will give you just a little peek into the world of what it means to be black. Because to be black is to walk through the world and watch people doing things that you cannot do, that you can't join in and do. So I think there's actually a lot to be learned from refraining. Oh. That's what he says. So.
1: I, I don't think you learn anything. You learn to use the word among your friends and not use it publicly.
0: Right. Yeah. Because, you That's know, what I mean, it's learn. Like, well, yeah. You know, going, going back, I mean, it's like, yeah. Uh, when I was growing up, that I curse, yeah, did I do it in the house? Oh, hell no. Well, of not. Right, <laughs> right. So that's all you learn, right?
1: And you learn, you learn. By the way, depending on who you are, so if you if you're a person who who uses the word because that's cool, or you person uses the word because you you don't like black people, mm-hmm. you learn when to be circumspect about the word. So at the Klan right. meeting, you can say nigger, right? At the grocery store. In the grocery store, you maybe not. That's all you learn. And and you learn that see that even nigga now I can't use. Right. Cause of them. Mm -hmm. So what did you learn? I mean, you don't learn anything. Yeah. You you become frustrated, you become a whole bunch of things, but you haven't learned anything. Yeah. Because I didn't tell you why I don't
0: want you using that word. So Brando Simeon Starkey. Uh, he ends his piece in TheUndefeated.com with this statement. Quote, I seek not to usher the word to the gallows. I harbor no aims to kill it. I can still bump a young thug track or chortle at a Dave Chappelle routine. Nigger does not bar my enjoyment of popular culture. My soul, though, winces whenever I hear it. The decision for black people to include it in their vocabulary nonetheless remains personal and I reject the criticism of black folk who continue to wield it. I write only to summon the words of former enslaved people from beyond the grave to express that nigger is haunted by the ghosts of hate and the more spiritually chilling ghosts of self-hate.
1: Oh, I like that. Yeah. I like that.
0: Hmm. Well, I think we could just end that on that note then, Yvonne.
1: Yeah. uh, Yeah, I, I do too. All right. It's just
0: another part of history. That still lives today. Yep. And the N-word is probably one of the you know great embodiments of the past that we still see. And so we're not saying don't use the word. We're just saying understand it. Yeah, understand the word. You'll stop yourself. Right. Once you understand, you'll go, well, oh, my gosh, I never want to use that word again.
1: All the good people will stop. Trust me. So... You know, that's 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 my take on it. I, I just uh I think we need to talk about the word. I think educators it's fine if they use the N word or whatever, but they understand what what it does to people like me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Because I study history. Right. They don't.
0: Well, you were a part of history. Well, that's true too. I mean I mean you're old enough now to say that, so you know. I can say yeah,
1: now that I know that I'm one of the old people that you're talking about. <laughs> that is so funny. I'm telling you, I, I just it just didn't occur to me.
0: <laughs>
1: what's that? Is that you're old? That I was old because I then I was going there. I was going to uh, to get therapy because of the stroke.
0: Yeah.
1: And I said, Well, what, what's the problem? And they said, Levan, you're over 65. <laughs> you're over 75. I said, Oh, I've got to be careful.
0: <laughs> so my my friend who lives in Virginia, uh, he, he, was, he, he turned 45. This is the educator that we, we referred to earlier. And uh, He turned 45. He goes, so how are you doing? Happy birthday, man. How's it going? He goes, man, I must be getting old because my back hurts, and it, it didn't hurt last night. <laughs> he says, you know you get getting old when you wake up worse than when you went to bed.
1: <laughs> He's just right. he, 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 I like that.
0: He's right. <laughs> 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 oh,
1: God. All well, right, stay man. safe, man. Yeah, you Appreciate too. You. All right, All take right. care, folks. And
0: don't forget to call my mom. I will. I promise. All right. All right. <laughs> right. right. Bye-bye. Thank you again for listening. Make sure you head to my Patreon page at patreon.com slash Loki Mulholland. Show a little love if you can and get access to even more content. Until next time, don't be afraid to get uncomfortable.